Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, let's chat about what is happening in the stars above. And you can see I have with me today Tam Veyu from the Energy Almanac, and it is our monthly Astro Inklings broadcast where we get to talk about all of the fun stuff that is coming up for the next for the next month, which we're already in. <laughs> Somehow the month didn't quite work out right. <laughs> well, four days. We're doing okay, Janet. Yeah, we're doing okay. That's that's true. It is only May 4th. But because, you know, sometimes I feel like I live so far into the future that, uh, isn't it June already? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I want to take a minute, Janet. I'm going to blow your mind right now. Okay. May the 4th be with you. Oh, you won't blow today, my mind because today's my granddaughter's birthday. And every year that is the thing we say to her and she hates it. <laughs> well, today is the five-year birthday of the Energy Almanac. Oh, yay. Happy birthday, Energy Almanac. That was, is awesome. It was five years ago today that it, the idea landed. And here we are five years later. I, I'm blown away. And I think I talked to you not long after the birth of that idea. Oh, about boy. It, yeah, about right? three weeks later, four weeks later. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. wow. It's gotten, it's grown legs. Yeah, it's grown legs for sure. Yeah. And in that, it's also maybe gaining some traction and some, you know, longevity. Absolutely. Something that people are looking forward to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, welcome to the show this morning, uh, Tam. We actually have probably a lot to talk about. And we so missed you last month. And uh, so we're glad we're back on schedule and that life is smoothing out. Although I kind of feel like, in some respects, life is getting bumpier this month. What do you think? Um, I think life is going to speed up. And as if we need it to be any faster, life is about to speed up for everybody i'm so excited to talk about may but yeah it has been a bit of a bumpy ride um life sure is getting in the way of life <laughs> <laughs> right and you know it feels like i almost live lifetimes sometimes in one day like yesterday was and uh, i i want to use words that i don't want to use so it, yesterday yeah. <laughs> was an, an up and down kind of day where everything was sort of going with the flow. I was kind of excited for the day. I had my plan, what I was going to do. And then all of a sudden for Mother's Day, we all decided we wanted to go to the islands to visit uh, my oldest son. And we couldn't get onto the ferries, um, the Washington State Ferry website. And all of a sudden, so much anger flowed through me. It looked like I was mad because I couldn't get the I couldn't get the website on. But where my mind really went is to the ineptness that our systems oh. and are showing us. Like, how, how did a, a, a virus that, yeah, okay, upended some people's lives and had a lot going on, end up blowing up the work world? blowing up corporations, blowing up states and infrastructure. It is so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, wow. That's remarkable. Yeah. Um, what did you attribute your sudden flare to anything in particular? Like, was there a planet triggering you or it was just life triggering you? I think it was just life. It was the, you know, it was like frustration that suddenly yeah. just landed. And then typically I can shift through those things pretty quickly and just let it go and go, okay, I'll just try this website a little bit later today. But it seemed like there was then a sort of uh, path of destruction <laughs> happening, you know, in my mood, in what I was doing and 
it was just one of those days. It was hard to pull myself back from that, that brink. And I'm wondering how many people are feeling like that. And it could be, you know, any number of things that, that start the, the trigger, but we have so much energy lining up and they're all the planets are sort of packed together. It's almost hard to tease apart what it is that could be the trigger. Yeah. I agree with you. It is hard to tease apart. Um, I know that for me, like when I find myself stuck, like why am I in this rut of thinking this way? I'll always go back to my chart and find out like what transit's going on that's triggering something specific for me. Um, Yesterday was okay for me, Janet. So I don't know what yesterday was. (laughs) Uh, You know, and then last night people uh, were texting me. This is so funny because people will suddenly just text me and go, what in the, you know, what is going on out there? And, you know, weird things are going on in my house, weird things are happening to my friends, uh, you know, family, you know, all this things, these things were were happening. So I know that when I start getting text messages from random friends or people out there in the world, uh, that it isn't just me, that made me feel better that it wasn't just me. When did you think that the eclipse on the 30th would start to trigger people's in different ways? Like, and did you, are you attributing any of it to that maybe? Well, you know, the, that, that's such a great question because eclipses don't happen in a vacuum, right? Right. You know, we knew on Saturday we were having this eclipse and that it was a highly energetic sort of eclipse. It was a solar eclipse. So, you know, possibilities were endless. Yep. Um, but it doesn't end there and it didn't start there either. It started at least two weeks before as we start to, you know, feel the alignment coming Mm -hmm. and then we have that alignment. And then afterwards, then you've got another couple of weeks and then eclipses tend to come back with a periodicity of about three months. So, uh, you know, in about three months from now, we might hear an echo of Saturday's solar eclipse or feel one in our lives or experience something that was related back to that day. And then six months, right? So we have these like increments of time. Mm -hmm. And no doubt we are already feeling the coming up of the lunar eclipse for the 16th. So you get out of one and you're not quite done with it before you already have the tug and pull of what that next one might be bringing. So it's not specific yet, yeah. But it's certainly there for yeah, healing. Yeah. yeah, building for sure. I, I definitely am <clears throat> feeling it building. That April 30th eclipse was within two degrees of my own personal Taurus moon. <laughs> so I'm right. feeling it. And I think, you know, anybody whose birthday was coming through the last week of April and into this first week of May, you know, their year is going to be signaled by that <laughs> that eclipse. Yeah. And I don't think it's a negative thing at all. I think there's, you know, you know, the the solar eclipses are possibles, right? What's yes. possible? Yes. And uh, if there's lots of opportunities that might, you know, come up to the surface during that period of time, it's what you do with that as time goes on that makes right. the difference, right? right? So there's that. The lunar eclipse is a completely different story because it's at the full moon. Right. This happens to be uh, an, a lunar eclipse that is called a blood moon, yep. right? Because it's going to be that reddish color. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that live on the East Coast of the USA, it's visible. The whole of the eclipse is visible to you. For those of us on the West Coast, parts of it will be visible depending on where you live. And it's a super moon. 
Right. So it is one of the three moons of the year that comes within 90% of the closest approach the moon ever makes to the earth. That gives it more power, more tidal influence. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is also one that happens in a very deep sign. Scorpio. Oh, Sag. Scorpio. Sag. On the 16th? Then I have it wrong in my book. Are you serious? It should be happening at 25 degrees of, of Scorpio. Holy my, I have to, we have to write a whole new article for 2022. We have it in, we have it in Sag. Oh, no, no, no. Because the, the nodes are now it's in right. Taurus Scorpio. Scorpio. Yeah. Oh my God. I never caught that last year. Okay. We're going to rewrite that whole thing. I'll make <laughs> article and send it to everybody. I have homework. Well, see the things that get revealed in the shadow of Mercury retrograde. That's right. (laughs) And we don't have to let it blow up our lives. It's like, oh, okay. Here's me. Rewrite (laughs) moon article. (laughs) Wow. How did I not catch it in the editing part either? I mean, it's not even, that's too funny. No, you're not. This is not you. This is all me. Wow. Oh, good. Good. It's not my fault. <laughs> not at all. Not, not Janet. This is all Tam. Yeah, but usually I catch things like that. You have me, you know, sort of look at it and I did not catch that. But hey, that's okay because we're here today to correct it, right? We Love can talk it. about it. I have time. I'll just send it out to everybody that bought the almanac. That's pretty cool. Yeah, good. See, we have that, that possibility. I'm human and I make mistakes. That's all. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, it's at 25 degrees Scorpio, 15 minutes. The sun, of course, in Taurus on the other side. And I have it down as 12.14 a.m. for those of you on the East Coast. That means for those of us on the West Coast, it actually happens on the 15th, not the 16th, because for us, it'll be 9.14 p.m. And actually for Mountain Time and Central Time, it will also be on the 15th, not the 16th. So it's straddling time zones. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so if we take a look at at the month of May, let's let's start at the beginning since we've already, you know, we're at the fourth. We haven't gone through too much of the month. What are what are you besides the lunar eclipse? Because we're probably going to get to that in a minute. What is your other top uh, aspects for the month of May? Look, you have to know it's all about that Aries energy this month. Um, I am, for one, super excited. I probably say this every month. I'm super excited about where Jupiter's going. Jupiter moving into Aries and that dynamic energy, that expansion of energy really, really enthuses me. Jupiter's going into Aries on May 11th. Uh, Venus is in going into Aries and later in the month, Mars into Aries. Like to me, that is, that's a big stinking deal. And later when, when Mars moves there, like that's going to be really fascinating to see what happens. Right. And, you know, just a day or two or three after Mars moves in there, Venus moves out of there and into Taurus. So we have we have a lot of inner dynamics changing this this month. And that tends to be a a little disturbing, I think, to people because you think everything's going one direction and you have to be prepared uh, for a change in direction. And what's interesting to me, Venus moved into Aries on Monday. Monday, yep. So we are already sitting in that Venus and Aries energy. Mm-hmm. But Venus and Aries, that puts her in Mars territory. Mm-hmm. And I find that to be sort of a creative energy. But it's also, I, I think there's some frustration that can breed in that energy because we can sometimes be really 
willing and able to do something, but we either don't know what to do or when we try to do things, it doesn't work out the way we think we should. it should. Mm -hmm. And that's partly because the ruler of Aries, Mars, All is right. in Pisces. Yes, so right. He's kind of in the slower, deeper water. Yep. So it can make for some, you know, steamy frustration coming. I could see steam coming out my ears kind of. In that. Yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yesterday. Don't stop me now. I don't want to be stopped. I want to keep going. Uh, so, you know, we have that, that kind of thing happening in this first part of the month where, you know, maybe it feels like taking two steps forward and then a step back. Putting oh. your foot on the gas and the brake at the same time, and you're 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 power braking. Yeah, kind of weird stuff. But that doesn't last too much longer. Mm -hmm. um, next week uh, on the tenth, we have Mercury turning retrograde. Yes, I highlighted that as well. That here we go with a Mercury retrograde. This is great. Now, with you being a Gemini, does this affect you a little more intimately? I always seem to have issues with mercury retrograde in the shadow more oh. than during the retrograde because oh, my okay. own mercury was retrograde when I was born. Gotcha. So it's the shadow before and the shadow after. So, yeah. and, and I can see already, you know, some of the things going on in the shadow here um, that have been annoying. Like just before you and I came on, I'd already put my camera up and I was all ready to go. My picture was already in there and suddenly the whole screen turned yellow. I'm like, what is that? And how does that happen? I'm looking going, no, my internet's working. What is it? Had to go back out and come in. So it's those little things that can get very annoying for me. Yeah. And then the retrograde tends to be fairly smooth. But wow. as a Gemini, of course, it's my ruling planet. So yeah. it is going to be a little bit maybe more affective uh, for the Geminis and maybe for the Virgos as well, because... They are also ruled by Mercury mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, that it, while not specific to Virgo in this particular case, it is um, maybe helpful for the Virgos out there or for wherever you have Virgo in your chart, where at least in the beginning, while Mercury is retrograding from four degrees Gemini backwards into Taurus, it might be a little wonky for them. But then as soon as it gets into Taurus again, it's, you know, now it's in a favorable elemental connection. That's right. Uh, earth to earth. earth. So it could be very beneficial. So hold on there, guys. It's, <laughs> White <laughs> knuckles. <laughs> and, you know, for whatever planets that you have in Virgo or Gemini, they will definitely be impacted by Mercury's retrograde between, uh, you know, the, the first, you know, week or so. In fact, I think it is, uh, let's see, Mercury moves backward into Taurus on the 23rd of this month. So there's a couple of weeks there where the air signs are going to have the wonkiness and then it goes back into the, the earth signs and then they might have some of the, the, the weirdness. But all in all, and I don't know how you feel about this one, but the the Mercury ret retrogrades that go from one sign backward to another, I think are offering us up possibilities because we have ideas and possibilities that come up with the, the transit of Mercury through Gemini. Mm -hmm. And then it moves backward into Taurus where we have to do something about it. Grounded in. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a, it's an can be an amazing opportunity if we use it. Uh, knowledge is power, but applied knowledge is where it's at. 
That's yeah. my saying. <laughs> you have to apply it and take the steps. But yeah, ground that those ideas in. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things we might be looking at as we move forward, even through the month of May, where a lot of fire energy, you know, erupting. And do we have the ability to take it and use it for its purposes, which is creation and maybe even, you know, a, a bit of destruction of what has been in order to make room for what could be. Mm -hmm. uh, Aries is the first sign of the zodiac, so it's youthful. Yes. It's kind of immature. It's not, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's kind of impetuous, a little bit impatient. <laughs> uh, very impatient. Um, a word I like around Aries is pioneering. Yes. Great work. Pioneering. It's, um, it, it can be very dynamic, but I, I mean, also with the, it's that impetuousness that makes the Aries personality sometimes difficult to witness. If you have an Aries, you definitely know what I'm talking about. If you have an Aries <laughs> in your life, <laughs> um, their impetuousness, their quickness. Um, I'm always saying to my dear Aries, please slow down, please slow down, please slow down. <laughs> <laughs> to your own benefit, please slow down. Uh, so yeah. it's going to be interesting. I do love the ramping up of energy that we're having with with um, Aries and the building of energy. Um, as a person who has a lot of fire signs, that energy suits my personality. It's almost like an excuse to be me. Um, <laughs> but uh, for for some people, if you're not careful, you know that impetuousness and that that borderline aggression can be really hard for the people around you. So you want to, you know, soften, slow, slow down a little bit. Yep. Take a yep. But don't be afraid either. I mean, there's, right. you know, we have to be courageous enough to move forward um, right. with our ideas or yeah. with the next step in our evolution. We can't, we can't just stop. And I think Aries energy comes along to remind us to give us that little bit of a push. Nudge. Yeah. And depending on, you know, how your chart is, is uh, set up, you might feel that nudge in uh, a very positive and powerful way. Like finally, all the stop signs of, you know, or all this, the red lights have turned green, but others may, you know, miss the sign that they were meant to, to move forward carefully and they just go all out. So, and uh, other people can just totally get burned by not taking action. And Absolutely. that I think is almost worse. Letting the fear stop them. And, and that certainly, I think that Aries, there's a thread of fear in them all the time. They're working on courage. Like their thing is to develop courage. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like it's innate in them. So yeah, you're right. It is. The action piece is there for them yeah. always taking yes. action. The courage, though, to hold steady instead of making changes, mm -hmm. uh, the courage to make that next step, even if it's like, I always think of the fool card in the tarot deck, Me right? Too. Where Me too. He's, yes. he's so close to the edge and he's going to take that next step and he doesn't know. It's like unknown, the unknown yeah. quantity or quality of what comes next. And we're all stepping into that unknown with a planet like Jupiter that brings, that magnifies and amplifies energy mm -hmm. and has such a magnetic quality that whatever it is that we're focusing our energy on tends to come to us in a very powerful way. Absolutely. And there's just, you know, a little bit of scariness to this move because the last time that Jupiter moved into Aries, it was in the uh, haze of the tsunami in Japan in 2011. Oh, wow. Right, where Jupiter was in the last degrees of Pisces. 
and there was the earthquake with the you know the the tsunami then as jupiter moved into aries it was the fire in the nuclear plant the power plant and that is a little bit scary sitting here with a uh, nuclear power in a you know war with a smaller country and the ramifications that all of that may have on the rest of the world should nuclear enter that's interesting and i would also say like it brought to mind exactly what's going on in politics in the united states with the whole uh, supreme court and what's going on and how their people are gearing up for a battle and that's very much aries energy right it's martian Oh, it's warrior. Oh, it's that that's exactly perfect timing for for that kind of thing. I am yeah. a little nervous around the Jupiter and Aries. You know, it's like it's like exciting, it's you know, big, big movement, but it also, like you're talking about, the aggression part of it, the you know, god of war. Holy moly, let's um we gotta yeah. we gotta mind ourselves. Yeah, the god of war who's also going into battle. Right, yeah. going into battle, battle lines drawn, mm-hmm. the military comes to mind, Pluto mm-hmm. having just turned retrograde. You know, are we going backwards to behaviors that are, you know, kind of a power struggle between nations? So many things that we could think of, but I want to tell everybody, and I know you're going to be with me on this, is that it is a lot, has a lot to do with what it is that we individually are going to focus on. Absolutely. Right. I I try to listen with only a half an ear to what's going on out there in the world insofar as it helps me to dial in the astrology of the time that we're in. But I also don't want to focus there. I want to focus on what's exciting, what's possible, where we can go, how we could get there. Um, So it's always going to be that tug of war, I think, that we have between the world and what we see or what... mm, you know, dynamic might be, you know, raising its ugly head versus, you know, me personally, and what am I doing to contribute to the peace of the planet or to the war of the planet. Mm -hmm. So we can take that creative energy. It's creation and destruction. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of Kali, uh, uh, the, the Hindu goddess of destruction, where it can be used for good to, Mm -hmm. to build something new or to create or it can be used to destroy mm. and make, you know, crash things down. Our choice. I'm with you 100%. Um, I always say good input equals good output. When you said, you know, li- listening with half your ears. Um, yeah, like you don't want to be an ostrich and put your head in the sand and not know what's going on. And don't don't stay there. Don't stay staring at your phone or your TV and, and getting sucked in. Look to answers. Be creative in what can I do that would... Um, create a better outcome for the planet. And sometimes it's as simple as not commenting on a thread online. (laughs) Sometimes that's your contribution, you know? Um, Yeah, don't add to the uh, flames or the fire. Yeah, exactly. Don't pour gas on the flames. Yep, that's a good one. That's very Aries, right? (laughs) Yeah, I, I think because, you know, Aries, you know, throws caution to the wind. Yes. And we actually have an extended period of time now where Jupiter will be in Aries from, from May uh, 10th, no 11th through October 28th. Mm -hmm. And then he, he will be in retrograde for part of that time as he enters retrograde in June, I believe it is. And 
you know, the, the retrograde is slower for whatever reason in this case. He doesn't get, he because he gets to eight degrees of Aries before he turns retrograde, then he's moving backwards. He'll get to about 28 degrees of Pisces. And that's like where he is today. Right. And for the next couple of days. So kind of taking a look now at, you know, what things are popping up in your world. Um, what opportunities are there, what -hmm. things that have been stuck might be getting ready to open up and move. Mm -hmm. Because in the next few days, then as Jupiter moves into Aries, it switches up the energy and it doesn't, it doesn't happen like this, the the earthquake, the tsunami, the Fukushima, all of that is so Jupiter moving out of the deep water and into fire. Yes, totally. Right, that unexpected quality about it, the, you know, breaking free kind of of energy so it can feel like that to us as well Mm -hmm. uh, as individuals so uh, and then when we get to january jupiter will then again be back into aries Mm -hmm. um, for a a chunk of 2023 yeah so we get we get sort of these uh gifts of foresight Mm -hmm with the things that are happening today in, you know, in this lead up to Aries energy with Jupiter Mm -hmm. and then during Jupiter's time in Aries. And even in the retrograde, we get to dial in maybe a little closer to what it is that's true for us or what we really desire. And then next year, take and fly, you know, fly with it, but just don't fly too close to the sun, right? Was it Prometheus or Icarus, one of them? Icarus flew too close to the sun yeah, and his wings yeah. melted. Yeah. Um, I want to take a minute to to talk to all the people who are watching us to as a as a transformational coach, like I can't encourage you enough to block time to do retrograde work. No mm-hmm. matter which retrograde it is, a Mercury, a Jupiter retrograde, Pluto retrograde right now, like block time in your calendar so that you actually can think through thinking at like getting insight requires solitude and silence. And if you're not doing that, you're going to fly through life and be, be very unconscious. So I'm yes. just encouraging you. There's, there's some strategy to, to having magic in your life. And part of it in, includes doing your retrograde work. I also, um, Janet, want to let you know, there's a couple questions in the chat. I don't know if yeah, you want to. I just saw one from Erica there. Cool. And uh, so her question, are there any resources available to explain the difference between my natal chart positions and how they interact with each planet versus the transiting positions? And, you know, that's kind of a tricky question, Erica, because there are so many things out there, Mm. right? There are, uh, there are whole books. I have my old trusty one that I Gosh, I just realized I haven't really looked at this book lately, but you can tell I've had it for a while because I've had to um, (laughs) duct tape the cover and it is Planets in Transit by uh, Robert Hand. And it goes through every transit basically between every planet. And then you have other books out there about the houses that it might be in, uh, the, 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 the way that a transiting planet typically affects your natal planet is it acts like a trigger to Mm -hmm. something coming up. So if you have, for example, uh, let's see, I had, I have right now Uranus on top of Venus and that is triggering things in my 11th house. So that happens to be where it is in my, so you're looking at several different things through different lenses, 
How is this affecting me? But the best thing to do, especially if you're a novice in astrology, is get a reading from someone who knows. Which would be Janet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually slowly eliminating astrology readings from my repertoire. Oh, wow. But uh, because I just don't have the time, I want to do more Akashic Records readings. I'm like on this bandwagon right now to help everybody align to their their soul's purpose for being here. Hey. And, and so I had to eliminate something. Now, part of that is a reading that is astro design, taking astrology and human design, putting them together. But I'm not doing a lot of transit readings and things like that for the time being. But Asa uh, is uh, taking over that for me. So if you need to have a reading, though, you know, don't hesitate. Reach out. <laughs> uh, get that done because it's important to know. But also, you know, coming on to shows like this, I, Tam is always talking about transits. Get the energy almanac. It gives you the heads up about what's happening, right? The 2022, I'm assuming, is still available if you haven't gotten it yet. You can't and, believe how many we've sold in April. In, in April, it was crazy. Yeah, get your book. Isn't it funny? Because people are probably feeling all this stuff coming up. I think up. so. I really and, do. Yeah, and they're looking for the uh, the the sources of help out there. Um. Erica says, I'm having difficulty understanding how the transiting planetary interactions are congruent or incongruent with my natal chart planetary interactions. Yeah, and that takes time and skill, I think, Erica. You're, you know, if you understand what the relationships are with planets, so the words that connect them, so sun conjunct moon, right? The conjunction telling you both of these planets are in the same space and they are joining forces, if you will. And so then you can think about, well, what does the sun represent? What does the moon represent? And you bring those two together and, oh, okay, it represents a new beginning, a merging of my inner and my outer self. And then you can take and place that in a house. Let's say that's happening in the first house and the house, uh, the first house represents the self, right? Your own viewpoint. Uh, and so uh, what we have is a new beginning, a new um, coming together of your inner and outer self in the house of the self, a new you, right? Birthing in something new for you. So that's how we would look at that. And then if you put another word in there, let's use the word square because that's usually one that we're we're watching for sometimes, the squares, where are the challenges going to be? Uh, the sun squaring the moon could be a challenge of being able to change what I'm doing, my behaviors that are blocking me, uh, or my thought processes, what's blocking me. And the two houses that they're in are going to show you possibly how to work through those areas of your life. Let's say, you know, it's in the the 11th house and the second house, right? 11 to 12, one, two. Yep. It's going to be one of those places where you're going to have to look at what are my relationships doing with money or with earning power or things like that. So it, it takes time to build that though. And that's the thing. Time. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I probably agree with, with Tam, a lot of that starts with knowing yourself first. Yes. You have to know what does all this mean for me? Mm-hmm. Then once I know me and something else is coming across me, parts of me, then I can choose how I'm going to respond to whatever that energy is triggering for me. Does that make sense? Beautifully said. Um, I, I would encourage 
who was it? Uh, Erica, like, Erica. yeah, get those readings and keep getting the readings. I say that to all the newbies who come, like, go get a reading and understand yourself thoroughly. And that will, that will really help your knowledge about astrology. Yeah. yeah. And bring your questions. The third Friday of every month, we do astro design question and answer, like a, a meetup group. So that means, let's see, May. Oh, my God, I haven't turned my calendar yet. Uh, May 20th. <laughs> I'm holding on to April for some reason. So May 20th, uh, we do a meetup. It's free. And you bring your chart and your questions to the group. And we talk it through. So uh, I'll be posting that up in the next week or so for everybody there. It's a Zoom call. And if you uh, come to that with your chart that we, and your questions specifically, we can work through that and help you. So, okay. Uh, what other comments, questions did you see out there, Tam? I'm looking at Nico. That's, uh, she just posted it. I'm curious as to what we should do during that time to help us grow. I'm not sure, I'm sure exactly which time. Is she talking about during the retrograde? Uh, let's see. I'm scrolling back to see. At the very I... bottom. No, she's the newest question. Yeah, I'm just looking back to see if oh. there was some comment she was making, and I don't, I don't know. So, Nico, maybe you could um, uh, kind of give Clarify. us more info about what your question is. But you know, curious as to what we should do during that time. And I'm thinking maybe she's talking about Jupiter's transit through Aries because that's what I was we were talking about. about. Retrogrades. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nico, tell us. You tell, tell us what you need. Yeah, and then and then we can work through that. Retrograde uh, work she just posted. Okay, good. You want to take that one since you had the uh, greatest comment. Yeah, so, so doing your work, Nico, in my world means literally sitting in the silence and asking the questions relative to the planet and zodiac that's in retrograde. Pluto retrograde in Capricorn. You're looking at transformation. Um, you're looking, well, transformation for sure, power or disempowerment, you're looking at the areas of discipline, boundaries, business, um, self-authority. So you're going to ask yourself those questions. How I, how have I been doing in that area? Uh, what am I noticing that is transforming in those areas? That's doing the work, using your journal, making notes, identifying the topic at hand and, and your emotional reaction to it and your strategic reaction to it. So using both the higher and the lower mind to find answers because there's information there that can advance your world instead of going through it unconsciously. Did, am I making sense? Yes, you make perfect sense. Absolutely. And I think one little piece that you need to know when you sit down to do that is what is the area of my life where this is impacting me the most? Yes. And that would be like wherever Pluto is turning retrograde. So in, in let's say this chart is a person, uh, Pluto. <laughs> so this is a chart of the day of the, this is a chart of the moon, uh, the full moon. And it looks like Pluto for this person, if it were a person would be in the eighth house which would be a house of death and rebirth and uh, attracting uh, support from uh, outside of you. So bringing in a spouse's income or investment income and things like that, or dealing with, you know, maybe reducing debt 
uh, or your reliance on credit cards, right? All of these things, if you were, you know, experiencing some money challenges and, and Pluto's in your eighth house uh, transiting right now, retrograde, it's giving you that breathing room uh, to maybe experience, how could I be more powerful in the way that I am financially, mm-hmm. right? How could I maybe pay down some debt that might free up some more money to spend over here or uh, whatever it is that's, you know, you need to do in your life. So knowing the house that these places that where these uh, retrogrades are taking place is huge because it tells you the area of your life that is being kind of looked at through the magnifying lens. Mm. Hopefully that's helpful for everybody. I love the idea of journaling through all of this mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, rolling with. And trust me when I say it isn't over just one day, right? The, the retrograde of Pluto's five and a half months. Exactly. Um, in the 2023 Energy Almanac, I got a little smarter, Janet. <laughs> I mentioned often um, like if we're doing a, a Pluto retrograde, I said, go block three different times over the next six months to journal on this topic, really directing people and helping people to understand how to apply the astrology, not just kind of know it and la la la, like, but to apply the astrology to your life. Cause that's, that's really what's going to make the difference. Yeah. That's a great idea, especially for the outer planets that do spend more time in that retrograde phase. And, you know, those planets that spend longer in retrograde are ones that we're more, we don't tune into as easily. Uh, We don't notice as much, you know, change with those because it's more change over time. Mm -hmm. But when those inner planets do that, that dance, that's a different story because now it's personal and right. it's a shorter period of time that we have to work through uh, what's happening. But remember, a retrograde itself isn't just the retrograde. It's the time before, it's the time during, and then it's the shadow, the uh, uh, retro shade uh, afterwards. So we have this entire cycle of time where we can really slow down things related to that planet, uh, related to that house in our chart. And get a bird's eye view, maybe, maybe stepping back and becoming a little less attached to what's happening so that you can see in and Mm -hmm. get a read on, well, what is this showing me? What Mm -hmm. steps come next? Mm -hmm. And often, you know, having that kind of journaling conversation with yourself is priceless um, because things come out there that might not come out uh, any other way. Right. Yeah. How many retrogrades are happening now? Nico wants to know. Just one. Pluto. Until Until next week. week. (laughs) Until Tuesday of the 10th uh, when Mercury moves retrograde and then we'll have two. And let's see, no other Mercury, no other retrogrades coming up this month. Uh, But you know darn well that next will be Saturn and then Jupiter and Mm -hmm. later in the summer it'll be Uranus. Uh, and then, you know, we get to October and everybody starts moving back to the forward motion and we have a Mars retrograde this year too. So get prepared for all the action to slow down. Yep. Yep. That's right. Yep. That won't be until the fall. So we don't have to worry about it right now, but interesting because there's a relationship now, if you're looking ahead, you're looking down the road to, okay, what might be taking place for me for the rest of this year? Right now we're going to have, you know, Mars being highlighted by Venus being in Aries, Jupiter being in Aries, and then Mars following into Aries, right? Mm -hmm. So Aries and Gemini 
where Mercury will retrograde have a really good relationship. So the work that we do now, this is just okay. me, my astro thinking. This yes. is my like putting on my astrology hat and looking down to the future that a lot of the things that we do now are going to impact us later in the year. Right. So be, yeah. be aware. What are you setting yourself up for? Mm. Right. Taking the long view. We're going to see that, you know, Aries is action and moving forward and then it is in a sextile energy, which is just to say they work well together. Aries and Gemini energy works well together. So it's possibilities and action, possibilities and action, mm -hmm. following your curiosity, being open-minded, taking action where appropriate, and then, um, then being willing when Mercury does slow down in Gemini and then eventually retrogrades in Gemini this year that you are okay with going back inward to the planning again and, you know, reworking, retooling, rekeying, mm -hmm. uh, whatever it is that you need to do. So just be, don't, don't launch things, don't start new things and expect that it's just going to have that blush of newness for the rest of the year. Cause it isn't, mm -hmm. it's going to need some re evaluation time later in the year. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to know ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, so what else, Tam? What else are we excited about? Hold on. Gee whiz. Hold the phone. We have so much. Yeah, hold the phone. Um, okay, so I'm super interested about May 29th when Mars conjuncts Jupiter in Aries. <laughs> now we have the warrior and we have the great sky god Jupiter and they come together and lightning and thunder and... I think it's just because geopolitically right now, there's so much going on. When I was reading about May, I'm like, wow, like that's a really interesting moment in time for sure. Um, that and the new moon in Gemini coming up, you know, right behind it over Memorial Day weekend. Those are what I highlighted for this month. Yeah. I, so, I mean, so much is out of our control. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah, so totally. much. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know what the geopolitical bull, you know, what is going to do. We no. just don't. All we can really do is stay focused on what our truths are mm -hmm. and to as best as we can embrace everyone and everything that is happening. Right. That, you know, we may not like that, you know, war breaks out or that, you know, the Supreme Court changes laws or whatever it is that's going mm -hmm. on. We may not like it. And that's not our job to like it or dislike it, but to be proactive in moving forth in your own life and staying true to you mm -hmm. and whatever that means for you. Like, I, I really want to get upset about Roe v. Wade. I'm mm -hmm. just going to, that's just my political little hot button right now, because I feel like that is a step that the patriarchy would like to take to bring women backwards right but on the other hand it doesn't i'm not a, a woman of childbearing age it's mm -hmm. not going to affect me personally mm -hmm. and there are so many better ways to take care of a pregnancy than to do an abortion so i'm going okay i can i, I don't want to spend my energy getting all hot and bothered about this because it doesn't really impact my life what I'm going to focus on is how do I keep empowering the divine feminine? Mm -hmm. How do I keep moving forward and empowering women to make their choices and live their truths? Mm -hmm. That's what I can focus on. Mm -hmm. the other stuff is so out of my 
ability to do anything about except to maybe demonstrate or uh but you know again i'm 60 years old i'm not going to have a baby or get pregnant anytime soon so likely it's not impacting me but i do want you know women to have those kind of choices Mm -hmm. for them not necessarily pro or con but i'm just saying right we can we can either go the path of creating you know more havoc or we can go down the path of, well, how do we empower ourselves to make good decisions going forth? I think it's about showing up as the neutral observer. Oh, good one. I like that. I like the way you said that, neutral observer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, we are to observe and uh, respond responsibly. <laughs> um, <laughs> Response, able, right? right. Response, able. Right. Um you know, reactionary is a very Aries energy. And so whatever is going to happen on or around May 29th, plus or minus, uh, we have to respond carefully. We have to be the neutral observer and enjoy the show, if you will. Uh, I'll say it like that. You know, our, our, our prayers, our intentions toward peace will, will bring peace. Um, or, or a or a better outcome at the very least. But you asked me what I was interested in, and that's what I said. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, and if you look at it, you know, just like look at what the planet brings. So Mars brings with it warrior energy, the will to move forward with something, to not stay stuck in the past, or to right. not stay in a state of um, of you know disrepair. Let's say it wants to move. And Jupiter wants to grow and expand. Mm-hmm. So are we looking at a more expansive, we're looking at more expansive energy that also has action attached to it. Mm-hmm. So wherever these two come together in your own chart, there is the potential for this explosion of, maybe that's a bad word, but uh, this, yeah, profusion of uh, activity to take place. Profusion so, yeah. Aries. So wherever Aries is, Aries happens to be, those degrees of Aries happen to be in my ninth house of growth and expansion. Mm. Right. Or if I do it in whole sign, it's going to be in my 10th house of career and my worldly self, right? How people are going to see me. Let's say, uh, let's see, knowing your chart, you have a Libra, right? Libra rising? Sag. Sag rising. So for you, where's this going to take place? Aries is going to be I think it's third house. Third house of communication. No, that's, not, that's not right, is it? Third no, house? It no, it can't be. Nope. Sagittarius across from it is Gemini in the seventh. And then we're going to go, yeah, it's going to be maybe like the fifth house. Creative yeah. explosion. There we go. That's what it is. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. A creative yeah. profusion of creative energy or of fun energy or of celebration of some sort. Oh, well, um, Yeah. The only thing when we have Mars involved with Jupiter, remember Jupiter magnifies and amplifies. So whatever energy you bring to the table is what's going to get growth attached to it. It's going to amplify that energy. So if we're bringing anger to the table and frustration, which, you know, there's likely some people out there that will have that, then Jupiter coming together with Mars is going to amplify that. But if you have creative energy that you want to bring in, that there's no better uh, aspect than than that happening. But you have to remember Mars's tendency is to be explosive, to yeah. be burning in some way. So I we want to be careful behind the wheel. Mm-hmm. We want to be careful handling knives and anything sharp or any kind of big equipment. 
stay in your body, stay focused, and you try not to buy into the cacophony of angry voices out there in the world. Well, luckily the Sag, the Sag takes over in my life in that fun nature, the more gregarious spirit. And when I talk about Mars, I like to say every front has a back. So the front is aggression, but the back is passion. And if I can, if I can channel the passion, then passion fueled action, right? Passion fueled action is the way I like to think of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a this this month is a little worrisome. That's all I can say. That, I you know, in terms that. of you know, I there's just. That. But again, I can't let that that niggling worry, you know, affect what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So while again, like that's what I'm saying, a half an ear out to what's going on in the world, but my focus is on how am I going to help empower people to live their most authentic lives. That's my focus. That's where I I'm going. I have um, a question for you that I think a lot of people who are watching are going to find an interesting answer to. Many of us born in the 60s have a Chiron in Aries. What will happen? What is some potentials for us, Chiron and Aries? So when we look at Aries in general, right, just that sign, right, there's, it's a very independent natured energy. So Aries, they like to do it themselves, right? They like to stand on their own. They don't like to be told what to do. There's a little bit of a militant sort of, I can do it, leave me alone. Leave, you know, I can do it myself. On the other end, there's the, the wound in Aries, which is codependency. Mm -hmm. I can't do it. I'm giving away my power, right? right? I, I just can't do it and giving up on myself or uh, what have you. And so we have these two bookends, right? uber independence and codependence and the healing path through this is interdependence mm. where we see that you know i may have this militant attitude about the environment let's say and then there are the people that could give one wit about the environment and are just throwing their trash out the window as they drive along but we have to be able to move to the middle the interdependence right we are each dependent on our mother mother nature, as well as each other to to do the right things in support of the environment. So we have to be able to understand that we're not alone and that we're not going it alone, mm. that we can come into the middle. So the wound here has a lot to do with the self mm. for the people who were born with uh, an Aries Chiron and how well you're able to get done what you want to get done how how strong are you in standing forth with courage and bravery to live your own truth but on the other side there's that percentage of the healing that goes on where we've become too codependent or too independent right where we don't let anybody help us versus where everybody has to help us because we can't do it ourselves <laughs> Do you expect, <laughs> I know, I'm laughing about my, my Aries, my, my person. Um, <laughs> are you expecting like with Jupiter being in Aries, like, will this amplify this, uh, healing process? How, how, how might that affect? Well, Jupiter isn't going to make it as far as Chiron because okay. he only okay. gets to eight degrees. Now that's still within a little bit of an orb. So it might stimulate some of that for those people who have Chiron in the mid um, degrees of, of, uh, of Aries, but it'll be next year where we're going to have to face that 
you okay. know, head on. <clears throat> and, uh, and for everybody, you know, we all have Chiron transiting through Aries, even if your own natal Chiron isn't in Aries, we're yes. dealing with this in our own lives. Like, how do I stand out in the crowd? How do I take responsibility for myself, for my viewpoints, for what I'm creating? Um, so we all are dealing with that. But Jupiter won't make it that far, but Mars will. Okay. Venus will. Okay. So the, the, and, you know, eventually Mercury will make it that way. I think Mercury will take longer to get there, but certainly, um, no, Mer Mercury's already beyond there. So we don't have to worry about him. But the other inner planets, Mercury or Mars and, and Venus definitely are going to be dredging up some stuff personally for us. Mm. And then Jupiter we're just kind of lucky that he doesn't get that far. We have a little more time to do the healing work within us. Okay. Yeah. Um, Erica, hey, my Mars is in Capricorn. And I feel like I'm so slow in my movements. I look forward to this retrograde. Oh. Yeah. Well, Mars in Capricorn, though, is empowered. Right. Mars here meets up with the energy of Pluto and he's, you know, Pluto um, right now anyway in Capricorn might be time for you to take your power and take your power back from places where you've, you know, not gained it yet or where you feel like you've lost it to somebody or to something and come back and stand on your own two feet. Mars can be empowered here. It's Earth sign. Mars kind of lines up and moves you know more deliberately through capricorn energy so be deliberate i think that's a gift you might have there erica being deliberate mm. uh let's go back to that lunar eclipse for a moment before i can't believe it but it's you know we only have like seven minutes left here it's um, having fun yeah i <laughs> so uh, eclipses are game changers, right? They they jack up whatever the energy is that's already there. So on Saturday when we had a new moon, it, the potential for something expressing something new uh, was kind of jacked up, and our intentions were going to be very powerful uh, during that period of time. With the full moon now, we have the moon in an opposition to the sun, and that's a different dynamic where we have perhaps some revelation energy that comes into play. Where something dawns on us, oh my gosh, right? Or we see something we didn't see before. Or on the other end of the spectrum, sometimes it's a closing of a door. Um, the, the ending of something that, you know, we've maybe hesitated and now it's time is over. So we have some really cool energy in the, in the, <laughs> in the idea of the full moon, but it's an, uh, a, an eclipse and the eclipses are driven by where are the nodes, right? Mm -hmm. Where are the north and the south nodes? Now that eclipse happens to be a south node moon with a north node sun. Mm -hmm. So the potential is in order for us to move forward, right? To be able to move forward, what do we have to let go of? And right. that that is the highest potential of the full moon, by the way. Right. Having set intentions with the new moon, now I'm coming face to face. Well, what is constraining me? Yeah, what's what in the is way? holding me? Yeah, what's in the way? What's in the way? Mm -hmm. And and it could be anything from a belief to a, a grievance to an unforgiving sort of place in you to mm -hmm. a person, a relationship, a job, on and on and on. Uh, but a lot of light comes to that 
and a lot of power then with the eclipse to let go of whatever's standing in the way. Mm -hmm. So that is where we get disconcerted because we like to be in our comfort zones. Taurus and Scorpio are fixed signs. <laughs> they love their comfort zones. Mm -hmm. um, so we might have to be squaring in our own, you know, beings, the things that we have to let go of so that we can move forward. The sun is conjunct the North node. That's destiny pulling us to a future, pulling us to uh, live our life path to simplify, mm -hmm. right? Not uh, Taurus is a more simple, yet beautiful artistic mm -hmm. expression of life right? right that doesn't have to be this complex you know building it is the the straight lines that the the simplicity the sensuality that's where we want to go so um if that can translate to us as humans to yeah. what do we feel about something right the, the other side the scorpio moon might be triggering what is our passion are we living from our passion Hmm. So I'm looking at things like, aren't, correct me, please. Um, aren't we going to be looking at things like what has been, how have I used joint money? Have I done well? What about where is debt in my way? Uh, where have I been keeping secrets? What are my motivations? Have they been clean and clear toward my goal? Am I correct? What about transformation? Right. In the bigger in the bigger picture, right, the Taurus Scorpio axis does bring up energies around money or the banking system, the economy, right. uh, which then is about debt and credit and, you know, the stock market and all of that. But in our unless that's in your own personal second and eighth house, mm -hmm. uh, it's likely not going to be the biggest impact. But okay. all of us are impacted by the economy. Yeah. Right. I almost had a heart attack the other day when I realized that the cheapest gas station in town, the gas was almost five bucks a gallon. I was like, oh, my God, it never in my life. Mm -hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, we have these things that are, are going to impact us. Certainly, I just don't drive as much. I have a bicycle. I'm going to take my bicycle then. Yeah. Um, so we are impacted by it. But wherever that opposition is occurring in your own personal chart mm -hmm. is where you want to really pay attention. Yep. And let's just say like this chart, if this chart uh, of the eclipse <laughs> was a person, it's happening across the 11th and the fifth house. Mm -hmm. So this, if we're, if this were a person, it would have to be aligning with what it is they really love, what do they really want to create and then establishing community and their, their steps that they would take next around what does it, what is it going to take for me to uh, accomplish that dream? or to move in the direction of that vision. And yay, though, there's financial impact going on that may slow things down a bit right now because I don't have as much disposable income, perhaps. It doesn't stop me from laying the plan or doing what I need to do or releasing myself from, because, you know, wait, you know, the world does run on money, but the universe knows how to bring us things that lie totally Without outside that. of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, that's true in the bigger picture, but for us as individuals, it's going to be not necessarily across that money house. Yeah, it's just it's going to be on the axis of wherever Taurus and Scorpio are in your yeah. natal chart. Yeah, in your natal chart. And you've already been, you know, introduced to this energy because the nodes moved in there in January and we've been contending with this difference, you know, this changing uh, idea of who we are and what we're doing. 
in our human design chart, I think it's really blatant in that the gates that the south and the north node lie across are gates that remind us to live, that every one of us are geniuses, that we are all genius. And genius isn't just about our mental ability to do math or engage in scientific thinking. Our genius is what is our specific gift that we have uh, that no one else can do the way that we can do it. And then the North Node is taking us to now, how do I manifest it? Because the 23 is on the throat center, the center of manifestation. Mm. How do I bring it to life? That's even more powerful, I think, if you look at it through human design that way. And you speak it into life. We speak it into life. We intend it, right? And then our our thoughts and our emotions and our actions all come into play so are we walking our talk or are we talking our walk mm-hmm. or you know what I mean? <laughs> for, for all the people who ask me, how do I write a book? I say, you tell somebody you're writing a book. That's the first step. Then you go. Because <laughs> then they're going to nag at you. Did you write your book yet? You're oh, into being. It's part of it. Uh, Erica says, I have, I only have Aries as my rising. Only? only. Oh my gosh. Only. only? Right. And then. The, the ruler of Aries, Mars, you have in Capricorn. So you have some very powerful business sense, I would guess, maybe even innovative and inventive business sense that maybe you see things that other people don't see in how to run a business, a uniqueness to it. So that's an interesting uh, combination that you have. Um, Kathleen says, love, love, love. She loves our conversation. I like that too. Uh, Christine Buckingham sounds great. Natal Mars, Capricorn too, Erica. So that's awesome, right? It's business. It's getting clarity. I have a grandson who is a Capricorn and he's going to be in 11th grade next year. So it's time to start making decisions for his future. And he's really having to start knuckling down. And I feel like maybe Capricorn in our charts does help us get to that. um, If I'm going to, if I have a goal and I want to get there, then I need to have the action steps that are going to take me there. Yeah. I can't just say, okay, I, I'm going to head to the hills and, you know, teach uh, X, Y, Z, and then just sit back and wait and see what happens. You have to keep aligning with the action steps. So I think you guys that have, you know, your Mars and Capricorn aligning with the goals and taking the steps. And Aries on the rise, your personality is, you know, Martian. is. Mm-hmm spiritually a warrior, actively a warrior, um, a priestess warrior kind of person. (laughs) Um, All right. Anything else that you want to say in closing today? What, What are you up to? Any new classes, courses, or things going on in your world? Please, can I take two seconds? Watch. Yes. Here I am. Look, you guys, I'm back. I'm making (laughs) it for the Energy Almanac. Oh my goodness, that's beautiful. Where's the camera? Holy moly. This okay. Yep, there we go. Now I can see this picture that looks like a, what is that? Meditation. Oh, okay. Now I see it. Sitting in front of the moon. I love it. Or sitting in front of the earth. Yep. Uh, moon. But yeah, I'm working on the art for the 2023 Energy Almanac and I'm having a blast. Creativity. Holy moly. I can't even sleep at night. It's I'm painting all night long in my head. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. Yeah, um, because all the writing is done for the 2023. 
now it's all in editing book. So yeah, things are in a really, really cool place. I'm launching a new product probably early next week. So yeah, things are fun and fabulous and it's good to be back in the saddle. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. Well, that is it for Tam and I this morning. If you have any questions, you can certainly email them to either one of us uh, or text message us. People are really good at texting me, uh, messenger, messengering me. Uh, so that's it for me. Thank you so much, Tam, for joining me. It was good to see you and to have your voice added to mine. Uh, I will see you all on Friday morning here, 8 o'clock a.m. I will also be on Angel Heart Radio this evening. My time, 5 p.m. East Coast time. That's 8 p.m. All you have to do is go to Angel Heart Radio on Facebook. It broadcasts live right there. All right, guys. Much love. Take care. Bye. Bye for now.